Welcome to the Student of the Game podcast, where we break down the life, strategy, and advice of successful individuals who are students of their own game and masters of their own craft. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to the episode. Thanks for tuning in to the Student of the Game podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Sean Crane. Sean has an amazing story, uh, and what he learned from his story is just as impactful. But to give you a little bit of insight, he's going to dive into this story. But Sean spent seven years in prison for a crime he did not commit, and he spent every single day bettering himself so that he can be the man he needs to be to help you and people like us. So, Sean, thank you for taking the time to be here. Uh, It's good to see you. Yeah, man. You too, Tim. Thank you for having me. Love the title, too, Student of the Game. Um, Student of the Game. We'll break that down later. Yeah, I love that. But Yeah, man, so, I mean, let's do it. You know, obviously, we have a history together. Uh, I've known you for some time and seen you grow a lot in the last year. Um, And, man, I mean, I I just turned 35 yesterday. And it's crazy because I'm more than 10 years older than you, right? And, like, I always think Mm -hmm. back to when I was your age what I was doing in my life and what my life was like. And it was completely different. You know, growing up, things were good for me. I'm here in Santa Barbara right now, my hometown, and it's right by the beach. There's a lot of amazing people and opportunities. Movie stars live here. Celebrities live here. Like people come here from all over the world to vacation. And I was fortunate enough to grow up as this being my home. But in my household, things were not as pleasant. My parents were battling addiction. There was a lot of violence. There was a lot of bad things that I saw growing up that really scarred me. And so I grew up with pretty much like a warped mentality. And I developed, um, you know, a lot of things that I utilized to cope, meaning bad habits, bad friends, bad environments, bad choices. And so at the age of 14, being so young, I was already addicted to drugs and alcohol, you know? And so from 14 to 24 that was what i did i partied i used drugs i was trying to run from my problems and you know this all stemmed from early childhood growing up i loved sports i loved surfing i wanted to be a professional baseball player like every day i was out in the street playing football playing basketball i was at the park playing baseball i was in all the leagues you know or i was at the beach surfing so as a kid i had all these big dreams and i felt fully capable to pursue that vision but man like around 10 you know, it was the first time I saw my mom overdose, saw her overdose again around when I was 11 and 12. It was the scariest thing. I thought she was dying in front of me and my brother and sister. And so stuff like that was happening all the time. And then at 14, my dad went to prison and my mom left us. So I went from seeing all, you know, all the opportunity in the world right in front of me to feeling completely broken and hopeless. And that's why I turned to drugs and alcohol, because that stuff numbed out the pain that I was experiencing. So I think a lot of people do that. I think a lot of people try to find ways to cope and pretend things aren't real or run from them. And it doesn't do anything but prolong the suffering. That's what happened to me. And so then at 24, I ended up incarcerated for a crime I didn't commit. I was at a party here in Santa Barbara, a college party, and there was all these young guys drinking and all these girls socializing. You know, I was there just trying to pick up chicks, right? And um, I saw this group of guys start arguing and I was really close. I wanted to watch the fight. We are all drinking. It was the end of the night. And usually there's a fight that takes place at those parties. And I wanted to watch it. And so as I got too close to the melee, uh, as it broke out, I got attacked. And I was defending myself. Thought I was getting jumped by these guys. And I started fighting back. And everyone at the party saw me fighting with one guy who ended up being stabbed. I didn't know he was stabbed. I, I had no idea. But when I stood up, my whole face and my shirt was covered in blood. And everyone at the party saw me running from the scene and they assumed I did it. So they told the cops, yeah, we saw Sean wrestling with the guy. You know, he ran away. And then when they arrested me the next day, I had a blood-soaked shirt that they had found. Um, You know, it was horrible, man. It was like a worst-case scenario that you never think would happen to you. And I remember just sitting there in disbelief and shock, thinking, man, this cannot be real. Like, this can't be happening to me. You know, and I thought that they were going to eventually let me go or the truth would come out, but it didn't. And I ended up having to fight for my life. And I was sentenced to seven years in prison behind that altercation. Yeah, it, it sounds like something that would only happen in a movie. It, it feels, it, that's, how it, 
that's how it felt, Tim. It felt like a movie. It felt like a story being written about another character, a fictitious character, something that you see happening to people. But no one in a million years, even looking back in retrospect now, like it's almost hard to believe that that actually happened. And bro, the stars aligned for me. It wasn't just a coincidence. Like that happened for a specific reason for me. If I didn't go through that set of circumstances, I probably wouldn't be here. Probably would have died in my sleep, drank too much one night, took too many pills. Maybe some other horrific thing took place, maybe an accident, who knows. But the lifestyle that I was leading at that time was so reckless and I had nothing to live for. And I wasn't out being a bad person. I wasn't causing harm to people, but I didn't care about myself. So I was doing all these things that were causing me harm and putting myself in harm's way. And I, I just, I didn't love my life and I didn't have anything that was exciting, exciting for me, anything that I was looking forward to doing. And it was, it was such a hopeless existence, man. So going to prison was a, an act of divine intervention. I mean, the details of that night and the way they perfectly lined up to make me look like the accused party um, to lead me to being incarcerated, to just everything that happened. I look back and I replay all the little details over and over in my head. And it's literally like an author wrote this, this novel about my life. And then it just was acted out in real time. Yeah. And, and so at this point in the story, I think people could probably gather, you turn your life around, but at this point in the story, you're depressed. You had a you know rough childhood. You're on drugs, drinking alcohol, and now you're arrested facing a huge prison sentence at what point did things change in your mind like you know this is my fate this is what's happening this is my life it's real well, what do i need to do next to like what happened next in your mind yeah i mean at first it was a lot of shock and awe um it was a lot of wishing and hoping that things would just go away and, and everything would be okay and after a couple months i realized nothing was going away like this was a, a massive challenge, life, a life-changing experience that was looming for me. So, you know, for the longest time in my life, I'd just really basically been a victim of circumstance, um, not in control of my life, playing the blame game, in denial. And, you know, let's go back to what I said a little bit ago. It felt like somebody had written my story and then it was being acted out in real time. This was the moment in my life where I decided I was going to start creating a narrative. Up until this point, I hadn't created the narrative. I had just let things happen and kind of went with, you know, I, I just, I let life and life circumstances impose its will upon me. I had never really focused on being the person I wanted to be and moving in the direction I wanted to go and imposing my will, like on, on life in order to create the outcomes I wanted. Now, I believe there's things outside of our control that happen, but I also believe that we are in control of how we react and what we do in those set of circumstances. And that's what I learned by being incarcerated. I couldn't change what the DA, the judge, the cops, all these witnesses were saying about me. I couldn't change my circumstances, but I could change my reaction. And I started focusing on what was within my control. And that was my daily routines. And the reason I started doing these things is because I had so much anxiety, so much stress, so much depression. I could barely breathe. I felt like I was suffocating in that cell. And so I found that when I'd get up early, and I would pray over and over and over and just create this connection with God and just hope that I could be guided through this day, this moment, you know, that would give me a little bit of hope. And then from there, I'd be able to get up off my rack and I'd be able to get through a workout. And when I got through that workout, I'd have a little more hope and a little more energy and a little more um, optimism, right? In my perspective. And I would go and read and I would write. And all of a sudden I got through the whole day. I was like, wow, I just got through the whole day without having a breakdown. You know, and I did all these things. I was finding these tools and resources that would help get me through the day. You know, and when I was working out, when I was immersed in my writing, when I was reading, I was in a flow state, man. And in those moments, I was focused. I had gratitude and I was motivated to do the work in front of me. And that was helping me just to focus on what was within my control. I couldn't focus or think about all the things outside of my control, all the things that were against me. I just had to focus on that one little bit uh, uh, that was in front of me that was in my favor. And that was those daily routines. So I stumbled upon these routines by chance and it was really survival early on. But after a couple months of doing that, I started forgetting about the life sentence, man. I knew it was there, but I, I wasn't worried anymore. I, tr I truly believed that whatever was going to transpire was going to transpire. 
And so each and every day, it was just about maintaining this inner state of peace and trying to keep my composure. And so I was doing that for about eight months, every single day, every single day. And in reality, it started out just as a coping mechanism. But in that eight months, that eight month time span, I realized that those daily routines and habits were actually changing me internally on a deeper level. The way I felt about myself, my beliefs about myself, my perspective about the world and what was possible, like it all started to shift and transform. And people would think, well, that sounds crazy, man. Like you're in a cell. How can you really be optimistic about your future? How could you feel positive about yourself? But I tell you, it was those daily actions and more so than I ever had in my life that started making me feel proud of who I was. It's like, man, I'm attacking my life. You know, I have a connection with God now. I believe in God. I have a spiritual connection. I'm not alone. I feel more grateful for my life because of that. I feel like there's some meaning behind this set of circumstances. I'm working out every day. I'm getting in good shape. Look how many push-ups I can do. I can do burpees all day long. Like, I'm in the best physical shape of my life. You know, and then I'm reading and writing. I'm reading all these cool books. I'm writing my um, letters home to my family. I'm doing creative writing in that cell, writing poetry. I'm like working my mind. You know, I'm thinking, man, I'm smart. I can write poetry. I, I had this depth to me inside of me I never knew before. So I was going through this, this transformation, man. And because of that, I would literally go to sleep at night feeling immensely proud of who I was. And I had this sense of internal peace that I, I lacked my entire life. And so it was those eight months that were the catalyst to what I was able to do while I was incarcerated. I was able to leverage those eight months, that experience, that shift that took place here and here, and turn those five and a half years that I ended up doing into the most productive, beneficial years of my life to that point. So you were locked in prison and going through this and, and doing all these things. But as you're saying that, I'm realizing there's people who are mentally in the same place that you were and they're not locked in prison. And these things that you did to get yourself in a better spot also had nothing to do with being in prison. You were just working out, you were reading, you were writing. These are things that everyone can apply. So I kind of, I see the correlation to your book, Prison of Your Own, where a lot of people probably are mentally going through the same thing without being physically locked in a prison cell. Can you kind of talk about what has come from that as you've, you're now out, you're helping people and, and you have a, an actually an extremely successful business doing what you do based on what you learned in prison. Uh, just, just talk about that. Yeah. Well, you know, the title of my book is prison of your own. And the reason I gave it that title is because I can't believe how many people I see on a daily basis who are trapped in this mental prison they've created that is their limiting beliefs, you know, their flawed perspective, their negative self-talk. And it literally keeps them trapped living a life that they don't love, a life they've created that they can change at any moment because of the way they think and their perspective, they don't see it. They don't realize that they're the person who's created the life that they're living, that they resent, that they complain about. And it's hard for people to change because it's scary. It's the unknown. We don't know what's out there. You have to go out and, and recreate yourself. You have to go create these new outcomes in this life that you want. And a lot of people are unwilling to do that. They're daunted by that journey. So they would rather stay comfortable in the known, which is a life that they don't even love. So, you know, I wrote the book Prison of Your Own because I want to bring attention to this. And I want people to understand that, hey, you can change at any time. Within you is the ability to change. The resources are there. You have the potential. You are fully capable but you need to shift your thinking. You need to evolve your mindset, your perspective, your beliefs. That's what's keeping you stuck. You don't believe that you can. You don't believe that you're worthy. You don't believe that it's, it's possible for you. That right there needs to change. The reason I'm here today is because I chose to believe that somehow, some way it could get better. I didn't know how it would. I didn't have a blueprint, a perfect plan. I just chose to believe that versus the alternative because the alternative was, was death. It was suicide. I wouldn't have made it out of that. Like, can you imagine 5, 000, uh, 2,000 days, five years in prison, just feeling hopeless and miserable? Like, it would have been torture. So it was survival. I chose to believe that somehow, some way, things could get better for me. That's the first step. You have to believe that your life circumstances could improve somehow, some way. Then you have to start talking to yourself in a way that puts you at an advantage. You have to talk to yourself positively. You have to give yourself motivation. You have to be that per person that always looking for the silver lining, always believing, you know, that things are happening for you, that things are happening for a reason, because just that alone is going to help you to stay motivated in tough times, motivated when you're in that, you know, that negative 
part of your life. So then from there, this is what actually will change your life. First, the mindset is crucial because the mindset gets you to take action. But it's the action and daily habits that will change your life long term. You know, you have to do things every single day that sharpen you, that help you to feel better about yourself, that help you to actually improve who you are. And that's what I was doing. Okay, I was working out. So this was improving my physical health, which also improved my mindset. I was reading, I was writing, I was trying to develop any little skill set that I could. But all these things I was doing each and every day was helping me to believe in myself more and more and more. And so mindset and habits are, you know, they're correlated because the more action you take, the more that your mindset can positively be shifted. But man, like for those of you listening, if you're not in the life that you want, the first step is just knowing that it's possible. If Tim could do it, if I could do it, coming from where I come from, if all these other people you see on social media could do it, why not you? Like, I come from a broken home. Both my parents battled addiction. My mom overdosed three times in front of me before the age of 12. My dad almost got killed in front of me in a standoff with the cops. He, got, he went to state prison. Our relationship was broken forever. My mom lost her mind due to drugs and alcohol, and she ended up homeless on the streets. And I went through addiction for 10 years from 14 to 24. And then at, 14, uh, at 24, faced life in prison and was locked in a six-fight cell where I decided that I was no longer going to be a victim and I was going to do whatever it took to rebuild my life. It was that moment where I made a promise to myself and I chose to believe in the alternative in a different narrative. And I started telling myself a different story that changed my whole life. And that's when I realized, man, that I had just been trapped in this mental prison for so long. I was, I was a wounded individual. I was broken. And because of that, I didn't see opportunities. I didn't think about what life could be. I was just in like this survival mode from 14 to 24 where I was reacting and I was just trying to, man, I was trying to cope and get by. And so for people that are listening, man, I just want you to know it's possible, but you have to believe that no one's going to do it for you. Absolutely. And, and there's ways to get the help and get yourself where you need to be, where you know you need to be. Cause there's one thing like most people have an idea of what they want out of life and, and if you were to like really think of it you kind of know what you need to do but you, it takes something to push you there and, and my favorite way to learn something is to learn something someone else learned the hard way so for example it, as unfortunate as it was but it turned out great you had to go to prison to learn a lot of these lessons people listening don't need to go to prison like that they, they can they can hear these stories like you can find the information out there to learn what you need to change your life, to get what you need to do. And, and another thing is uh, I'm a big fan of hiring coaches. You know, someone like yourself, like we know what we need to do to have a six pack. We know what we need to eat. We know how we need to work out. We know what to do in our business, but sometimes you just need that coach that's going to be there to push you, to hold you accountable, to, you know, do all these different things. So whether it's, you know, things are, things are a mess in your life. You need to change them around. You're addicted to drugs. You're addicted to alcohol. You know, you're going to end up in prison if things don't change. Most people know that. You know, sometimes it takes an event to uh, reveal that to you to make a change. But uh, so like someone that's listening, like it's out there. Don't wait till you have to go to prison to uh, change your life and become who you need to be to get what you want. Yeah, I mean, absolutely not. I did. It was what I needed. I have to learn the hard way. I was stubborn. Okay. Um, I would be dead right now if I didn't go to prison. I know that. I would have overdosed. Like I said, there would have been a, an accident. Something would have happened. So God intervened in my life, and now I'm here to make a difference in the world. I'm here to serve out my mission. I, I have a purpose. you know. And this was all uncovered through that tragic experience that really like, it was the death of my old self and my old life and allowed me to really tap into who I'm meant to be. I felt like you know, my authentic self, my core of who I really am, like I was able to really be reborn as that person. And it's just been a commitment ever since. But you don't have to go to prison to change your life. You just have to know what's at stake. If you don't, you have to know that this time is precious and it's temporary and it's going to pass one way or another. You can either spend it creating a life you truly love and you're proud of, or you can spend it making excuses and suffering the consequences. And too many people default to that path in life and they end up in a place that they regret and they wish they would have changed, and then it's too late, or they feel it's too late. But here's the truth. Until you're dead, it's never too late. You know, Colonel Sanders didn't sell his recipe for KFC until he was 65, and then everyone knew who it was. Thomas Edison failed thousands of times before he invented the light bulb. You know, I saw a woman cross the finish line in my first Ironman competition, 
at 11 o'clock at night after like 15, 16 hours out there doing a triathlon at 75 years old. Like there's no limitations to what you can do and accomplish in this life. Just what you believe is possible. And that's why your daily routines are so important because it starts to give you more confidence in who you are. And confidence is a superpower. When you believe in your ability and you've proven through your daily actions time and time again what you're able to do, nothing will stop you. You're going to come across roadblocks. There'll be challenges. But deep down inside you, you have a core belief that I can, that I'm good enough, that I will persevere, that I will find success. And when you establish that internal dialogue, it's just a matter of time before you create a life that you love and cherish, as I always say, a life by design. So if you're listening to this, don't go to prison. Don't get in trouble. Don't do stupid things. But here's the thing. Don't do drugs and alcohol. Don't hang out with toxic people that are holding you back. Don't make excuses. Don't sabotage yourself. And start identifying what people do I need to be around that I can learn from? What books do I need to read? What habits do I need to form? How can I start moving forward in my life? And you have to realize it's those daily deposits over time that are going to shape your reality. It starts now. I'm 10 years in the making and I'm just getting started. I'm hitting stages. I'm coaching men worldwide. I have a family. I've created this life by design that I envisioned from prison. It didn't come easy, but I'm so grateful I started 10 years ago. If I didn't start 10 years ago, I wouldn't be here today and I'd be regretting it. So if you're listening, start now. This time is going to pass. It doesn't matter if you want it to or not. It's going to pass. Make sure you're making every day count. I promise you in five and 10 years from now, you're going to be in a much different place, happier, having created this life, knowing that you put in the work and it's going to be the best feeling in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the daily habits are important. So I kind of wanted to see, um, like, what did the daily routine look like in prison? And then what did that change to, or if it changed at all after prison? But I, I did have one question, uh, just because I thought of it. I think at the beginning, I said seven years, and then you mentioned eight months plus five years. Just wanted to clarify, how long was it overall? Um, oh, yeah. So at first, I was, at first, I was facing life in prison. And that was it that they were going to try to send me to prison for life. And then after about six months of fighting my case, they offered me a plea deal. They said, hey, Sean, if you admit guilt to the crime, we'll drop your charge from attempted murder to assault with a deadly weapon. And that carries a maximum penalty of seven years. You're going to have to do seven years at 85%. That's the way they structure it. So essentially, I would do six years. So when I was incarcerated, I, I, I took that plea deal because I knew that that's the only thing I could do. Otherwise, I was going to spend decades in prison. And when I was incarcerated, I got college degrees. I got uh, four associate's degrees in that time through a correspondence program they had. And they gave me six months off my sentence. So I ended up doing five and a half years in prison. Okay. Gotcha. Thank you for clarifying that because I, I, I realized we threw out different numbers. Um, and it was probably my fault for not knowing. But back to the, the daily routine and the daily habits. How, how did you start them in prison first? Is because you know, if somebody needs the daily habits and they know they're probably not doing the ones they know they need to do. So how did you start them? And then what did yeah. it look like in prison? What does it look like now? Yeah. So, I mean, the working out is big in prison. A lot of guys work out because it's a way to reduce stress. You have a lot of time on your hands. It just helps you to cope with what you're going through. So, you know, guys would be working out and I'd start working out with them. Um, and in a very short period of time, I realized that exercise would help me feel really good about myself. I'd have all these endorphins going after I pushed through a tough workout. And it just helped me to get through the day. It was stress relief. And I noticed after I work out, worked out, I was more able to focus on reading or writing a letter. And I was just not as overcome with the grief or anxiety. So the working out became a tool that helped me just to cope day by day with my emotional state. Um, over time, you know, it became a pivotal part of my growth because the more that I worked out, the more challenging the workouts, the more my mindset expanded, the more I believed in myself. And this carried over into other things I was doing. You know, I was more likely to take on other challenges in life, um, you know, such as the college courses I took in prison. When I got to prison, I found out they had college courses. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was the coolest thing because I wanted to better myself in any way that I could. And so every day I had college courses I could take related to business, psychology, uh, all these different subjects that I had neglected growing up. And so I started taking these courses every day and I was learning, I was writing papers, I was writing essays, I was reading. And so now this was working my mind, right? And so each and every day I would get up early and that was my time alone. The, the morning routine started because prison is such a loud place and you have no privacy. 
and I wanted to, some time alone. So I'd get up hours before anyone else while it was still dark out and just have that time to self-reflect. I would pray, I'd meditate, and then I would journal. And this just started becoming something I habitually did because I felt like it was me putting on my armor for the day. You know, prison is a negative place. There's arguments, there's fights. There's a lot of things that happen. And I wanted to be prepared for the worst. So I knew that if I could get my mind right and my spirit right before I started the day, number one, it made me feel better. It made me feel like I, you know, had some hope and I was connected. I had that faith that things were somehow, some way going to get better for me. Um, and then it allowed me to have more composure through the day. So I didn't react or get in an argument or feed into someone's negativity. So that morning routine was like putting on my arm. Then I would go work out and it would get me in, you know, a good mental space, even better, more energy. And then I would read and write. Those are the things I started doing each and every day. And that has carried over since I came home from prison. Since I came home, it's really the same process. Get up early, have time to self-reflect, get my mind right, get connected for the day, go work out and get myself energized and just get dialed in. And then go into my workflow and do things that are productive that are going to help me to get results that I want. Hmm. Awesome. Solid. And your story obviously is phenomenal. It's amazing. It has helped a lot of people and it will continue to help a lot of people. But another thing that I think a lot of listeners will get value out of is uh, your business. Like what, what do you do now? Because uh, you do have a pretty successful coaching business. Uh, doing well, uh, helping a lot of people, connecting, speaking, you know, selling your books. Like, well, t tell me about starting that business. Uh, what have you learned? What what has helped you? Social media strategy. You're all over Instagram, YouTube, everywhere. Like, let's let's dive into that part because I think that's also going to be. Uh, I mean, um, coming from where you came from to now be running a successful business is um, you know something that. Uh, you know, most people think they can't do it, but you can. Any, yeah. Anyone can do it with the right steps. Yeah, well, obviously, getting through that experience gave me a lot of uh, belief in myself, a lot of faith that if I really tried at something, I could be successful. But I'm telling you, it was the daily actions that helped me to really feel confident in who I was and to sharpen me long term. So getting out of prison, I just spent 2,000 days working out, reading, writing, reading all the personal development books, getting college degrees. Like I had just done a lot for myself that helped me to feel more capable and, and really worthy and deserving to go after bigger goals in life. So when I came home, I wasn't timid. I wasn't scared. I believed in myself. This is so important for you guys. Like This is what I teach the men in my coaching program who come to me that just are out of shape. They gain weight. They, they lack confidence. Like We have to start building this foundation of discipline so that you can have confidence in who you are. This is getting up early, attacking workouts you know, taking in information that adds value to your life, whether that's podcasts, reading books, like what is it? You know, we really identify what are the flaws they have, what are the weaknesses they have in their mindset and their daily habits, and we eradicate them. We build workout programs. We help them to be disciplined with what they eat. We help them to do things every day, Tim, that make them feel proud of who they are. This is what it's all about. When you feel proud of who you are, you feel more capable to go after bigger, better things in life. And you'll start to analyze your life. And you'll look at that job you hate, that toxic relationship and you're like damn dude i deserve better than that i want more than that i'm capable of more so this is the first step that's what i did then from there figured out well what do you actually want to do for me i wanted to help people i wanted to show people what i had done to change my life because it was so amazing man like the way i felt in prison i couldn't believe it i thought if i could teach people this out there i could save lives i could change the world man everyone needs to know and feel what i feel this is incredible so i started using social media because i can reach people all over the world with my message. You know, I could share my stories. I could talk about the pain I went through, the suffering. I could talk about what I did to overcome that. And I know that that's gonna help other people who are going through things like addiction, depression, toxic relationships, all the stuff I battled with. And so people started paying attention to my story because of the prison aspect. You know, and then when I wrote my book, Prison of Your Own, it was helping a lot of people because they were trapped in that mental prison. And I gave them tangible steps they could take to start breaking free of that mental prison. And so I utilized social media um, to really help people. And the way I did this was I had to figure out, well, what is the problem people are having? Like, if you guys want to utilize social media to market yourself, what are you going to resolve for people? What problem are they having? Is it in, uh, you know, real estate? They can't sell homes. They can't find buyers. Is it life coaching? You, you're going to help people who are depressed, who are battling addiction, who don't have good routines and habits. Like, what is the problem you're going to remedy? Then what is that solution? So I got really good at talking about the problems, 
using my personal stories to build a rapport and, uh, and relate to my audience. And I showed them the solution. I became the solution. I showed them my daily routines. I documented all of it. So then eventually people would be like, man, like we see Sean's life continuously improving. We know where he just came from. Like, let me reach out to this guy and see if he can help me. And that's how the personal development program started growing uh, during COVID and post COVID. And then I had a lot of guys reaching out to me, seeing how I was utilizing social media. I was getting speaking engagements with you know, Ed Milet, Ken Jocelyn, um, you know, just recently in Dallas um, with, with JD Frost, right? And uh, uh, I can't think of the names right now, but I got a couple other big ones coming up. I'll be speaking with Jordan Peterson next month in Texas, um, Brendan Bouchard, um, Gary Brecht, like all these big names and being on podcasts like Bradley's and Andy Elliott, people look at that, they go, what are you doing? How are you meeting these people? How are you consistently getting these opportunities? So I figured out how to utilize social media to build relationships. And relationships is key. I mean, the four pillars of success are mindset, habits, skill set, and relationships. So I mastered all four of those. And when you get to relationships, when you get in the rooms with these people, when you hire these mentors, when you go to these events, you better be somebody that can bring value. When they see you on IG, are they inspired by your content? Do they love your message? Does it connect with them? Or are you just like everyone else that they're going to look past? Right? So I teach my guys how to master their mindset, their habits, then the skills they need to improve their business, to be more productive, to make more money, whatever it is they want to do. And then their relationships, relationships with themselves, relationships at home with their family, relationships with God or their spiritual you know, beliefs, and then relationships with people that can open doors for them and give them more opportunities, whether that's clients, uh, people that want to hire them for speaking, whatever they're doing, you know? So uh, that's what I teach a lot of the guys now is how to master those four pillars of success to amplify the results personally and professionally. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, what, what was it like uh, starting that? Like never being a business owner before, straight from being locked up to, um, and, and it wasn't, there wasn't much time before COVID hit between getting out and uh, COVID, was there? No, I mean, I was working as a personal trainer within two months of being released from prison. So when I got out for the first couple of weeks or months, I was staying in a trailer on my aunt and uncle's property. And I was just thinking to myself, what the heck? This isn't how it's supposed to be. Like at first I was grateful, but then I was just stuck in limbo. And I was thinking, man, I got to make a move. I can't stay on this property. And so I started going through my old phone. I had found my old phone and had a bunch of contacts. And I reached out to a, a previous acquaintance of mine. I knew he was a personal trainer. And I asked him, hey, like, how do I get started doing what you're doing? I want to help people. I want to work with people. I just wanted to get into the fitness industry. It was either that or go back to school to become a counselor and work with at-risk youth. But when I went to sign up to get my master's degree, I would have had to wait six months to enroll in the fall because it was just the end of spring, then summer, then fall. I thought, man, I'm not waiting six days, let alone six months. So it kind of my hand was kind of forced. I went that other direction into the fitness industry and working in the gym. And so he gave me an opportunity to work below him. He had a lot of clients at the time. And he said, dude, if you get certified, I'll bring you down here. I'll set you up with some clients. And I'll show you what I do. And he gave me my chance. He gave me my first opportunity. I worked with him for about six months. And I realized I'm not fit to be an employee. I don't like to take orders. I like to give orders and make my own schedule. So I said, you know, man, I'm going to leave and start my own fitness company. And I did. By that time, I had started getting uh, more of a reputation in town. People knew I was back. You know, I had a lot of connections before prison. Santa Barbara is not a big area. So people knew of me. And when they saw that I was doing good and that I had changed my mindset, changed my habits, my health and fitness were improved, they, they saw something in me that made them believe in me. And so they were willing to hire me. Uh, I was working with a lot of different people throughout the community. And then when COVID shut down, I had to pivot and I had to pivot quick because now I had two children and one more on the way and I was married and I had to provide for my family. And I had told my wife when we got together, she's never going to have to work. I was going to take care of her. I was going to be the man that she needed. I wanted her to be able to raise our kids. I never wanted some stranger raising my children. So I was like, man, I got to find a way to make this work. And I hired my first business coach and he changed my life. And this just happened by chance. I was in this area downtown Santa Barbara, right where I'm at now. And I just saw him doing a selfie video in the parking lot. And we sparked up a conversation at a coffee shop. And he told me about online coaching and what he does. And he taught me everything about marketing, about sales, how to create an online coaching program. 
And uh, that was the first investment I made. I paid him $5,200. I didn't have the money. I had to borrow some of it because I was so broke. And uh, man, he, he taught me a seven-figure system, you know? So from there, I never looked back. I, can, I started marketing myself using Facebook and a Facebook group. I started building a community. I started adding value to people's lives and allowed me to slowly start making progress um, online. And then it just kind of started blowing up from there. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and there's a couple important pieces in there that I think people need to hear is um, you were going after all of these opportunities. Like maybe you got lucky in the, in the ways that people said yes, but like you were, you were seeking it out. Like you went through your phone and you were hitting up people like, hey, I need an opportunity in the fitness space. You saw a guy making oh, yeah. videos, you started a conversation with him, and then you put the money together to invest in him as a mentor. Like it, it, yeah. it definitely luck, God was on your side, but also like you were, I mean, it didn't just happen to you is kind of the point I was trying to make. No, and you know what luck is? It's opportunity means preparation, mm-hmm. right? That's what luck is. And yeah, God's been guiding me every step of the way. Let's not. Oh, sorry about that. I don't know what was going on there. Um, that luck is opportunity means preparation, Tim. So, don't get me wrong. God's tech definitely intervened in my life, but I go after everything tenaciously. When I got home from prison, I was going through every contact I had in my old phone, thinking about how can this person help me? How can I reach out to them in a way that makes them want to help me? What is the angle here? What is the situation that we can create where it's a win-win? Like I'm always analyzing and strategizing. I'm playing chess, right? That's why I, I love the name of your podcast, Student of the Game. I'm a student of the game. I'm observing, I'm taking notes, and I'm taking action. And so then when I got into that first gym, I wasn't just sitting there idly being an employee. I was observing my boss. I was observing the way he ran his business. And I started building my own network of people that could later on become clients. And I checked in with them. I messaged them. I stayed in touch with them. I gave free coaching sessions with them early on. Then when I started my own company, I went through all my contacts that I had established in those six months and told them about what I was doing, gave them a free session, you know, ended up signing up new clients, did boot camps first couple times for free, got 10 people in to do that weekly boot camp. Like I was just insatiable with my daily actions. Like I'm relentless. You know, and same thing to get to this point, like speaking engagements. I'll message the person who can put me on stage. I'll build a relationship with them on social media. I'll make sure they're seeing my content. I'll tag them in content. I'll make contact just to show um, my value that I can offer, like to them on stage with certain messages, with certain stories that I know they're going to receive and be inspired by. Like, I'm very strategic in what I do, and I take relentless nonstop action until I manifest the outcome that I want. There's nothing by chance. There's nothing that I'm leaving to, to question. It's all very deliberate and intentional. And you guys, if you want opportunities in your life, you have to create them. You have to think, how do I have to come across? Who do I have to be seen by? What is the message I need to orchestrate? How can I show up in a way that is going to guarantee I get the outcome that I want? And you have to make sure that you're doing that every single day. Not in a way where you're manipulating people, not in a way where you're stepping on people, not in a way where people feel like you did them wrong, quite the opposite, in a way where you're adding value, where you're inspiring people, and everyone's winning. And if you can figure out a way to do that, you'll consistently rise in the ranks and get better and better opportunities, and your success will grow. Absolutely. There, uh, there was a video Alex Hormozzi put out a couple of days ago, and he said, you need to assume that everybody else in the world is lucky but you. Like, luck does not exist for you, and you have to go after every opportunity. Like, you have to make it happen. I thought that was that was cool because like the things are gonna things are gonna go your way. Some things are not gonna go your way. You have to assume that you need to make it happen yourself, and then uh, that is how you can kind of get these new opportunities, get to the next level. Like working like nothing is gonna go your way unless you make it happen. Um, so that I mean that's great. And and uh, uh, wrapping up here in a little bit, just wanted to hear some of. Um, I mean, a lot of time in prison, just want to hear some of the stories that uh, have come out of it. Some of the things that you like to share that um, maybe there's a lesson comes out of, maybe it's just a cool story or entertaining. Just wanted to know what you got for the people. Yeah, people, they always want to know the prison stories, man. I mean, my, my first month in prison, I was out on the yard and I was in the reception center 
It's called Wasco State Prison. It's in the middle of nowhere. And from there, they ship you off to a, a prison where you can spend all your time. Um, it's just like a, a transfer center. And so you don't get to the yard that much because they're always keeping you locked down. And I remember one day we finally got out on the yard. It had been like a month stuck in my cell every day, 24-7. And within like an hour, all of a sudden, the buzzers and the alarms go off. And you see all these officers running to a building right across from the yard. And then you see nurses running over there with a stretcher. And you know that's bad news. You know that means someone got hurt and something happened. And sure enough, like, we're laying face down in the mud because they make everyone get down in the yard. We're laying down for like five minutes. Finally, these nurses come running out with a man on the gurney. And they have one of those balloons. They're pumping oxygen into him. And what I found out later was that guy died. He got beat up by two guys. One of them was doing three years in prison. The other was doing 16 months. And they wow. beat this guy up over something stupid. And he fell and hit his head on the pole. And he died. Like the railing. You know, there's like these. And so this was my second month in prison. And it just showed me how fragile life is and how quickly things can change in that environment. And what was at stake for me if I didn't keep walking this straight and narrow path that I committed my life to? And it's so sad because you see these young people all the time going to prison, these young guys, and they get manipulated. They do things that they're told to do, and they lose their whole life behind it. And they took this guy's life, and now they're still sitting in prison, spending the rest of their life rotting away. So for me, it was just a sign that I had made the right choice, but it was also confirmation. Like, hey, you got to make sure every day that you're keeping control of this so you don't lose your temper and get an altercation with someone. And man, like, it's no joke in there. So those are the stories that I've, I've seen. Those are the things I've seen. Those are the stories people want to hear. What you guys need to know is prison is not a pleasant place. People die all the time. People spend their life in prison. People rot away. And it causes a lot of harm to their family members and their communities. And, like, I mean, I was in prison with um, Shelly Malil, who's a, an actor. He was in The 40-Year-Old Version. He's an Indian guy. Uh, what other movies he was in? Really funny comedian. He was one of the only people I found in prison who I could talk to and have conversations of substance about life beyond the walls and somebody I could learn from. And he kind of mentored me a little bit. We'd play chess almost every day. We'd talk about the stock market. We'd talk about business. We'd talk about you know, coaching because he wanted to get out and be a coach. And I found out he got out a couple years ago. He was serving a life sentence and it was reduced to uh, about nine years and then he got out. But if you guys look him up, Shelly Malil, uh, he's an actor. He was in the 40 year old version, like I said. Um, but, but the reason I'm sharing this is because one of the things I missed the most when I was incarcerated was just being able to have a conversation of substance. We can like talk about real important things like life. And we can, you know, philosophy is philosophize a word. We can talk about philosophy. We can talk about business. We can talk about personal development. Like I miss that so much. I miss being able to hug somebody. I didn't hug anyone for five years. I miss being able to uh, kiss a woman I love and hold her. Like all I prayed for and wanted every day when I was in prison was a wife and uh, my family and children that I could take care of. I wanted that so badly. So now every day, I cherish the time with my loved ones. I cherish every hug from my wife, every kiss, every hug from my children. When I come home from work and they run up to me and say, daddy, daddy, like that means the world to me, man. So prison gave me a gift and it was a new perspective, understanding how beautiful this life is, how beautiful it can be when we do the right thing and we choose to believe in, you know, our, po our potential and we choose to go down that path and we choose to do the right thing every day. It's just, you got to win that internal battle. It's you versus you. And if you don't choose that path, it's going to lead to a low quality life that you're going to regret. Man. And so that's the biggest message I want to leave to the viewers is like, you have to be willing to get up every day and fight that internal battle. And, and you have to be victorious. Who do you want to be? What does that man do in his life? What outcomes is he creating? How does he think? What are his behaviors? What is his demeanor? And you have to choose the side with that guy. And anytime you find yourself getting out of character, you have to check yourself because these days add up, man. Like I said earlier, it goes by quick. In 10 years, where are you going to be? It starts now. Were there many other people with similar mindsets at all? Or just you? A couple. Not really. I mean, Shelly was one. There was a handful. I mentored a lot of guys, too, down the road. You know, not down the road, but like at the end of my time because they had seen me be so dedicated to my routines for so long 
They're like, Sean, why are you doing this? How are you so motivated? Why are you positive like this? How are you so disciplined, man? We see you work out every day. You read every day. You write every day. What are you doing? And they didn't know that I had a vision beyond the walls. They were all stuck in that environment. They couldn't see beyond the walls, beyond the time. So I started helping them work out. I started talking to them about their life. I started helping them to think differently. I started helping them to take college courses, read the right books. And I mentored a dozen or so, even more other uh, men while I was in prison. And that's when I realized, man, this is what I want to do. I want to help people. I want to serve. I want to show people to make the changes I made. And that's when the seed was planted that is now materialized into my life coaching business into my career. Like I knew that this was my purpose to help people. And it just kind of gravitated towards me after a prolonged period of time of me doing the right thing, me taking action, me putting in the work. And so when people ask like, what's my purpose, Sean, how do I find my purpose? You find your purpose when you dedicate yourself to becoming the best version of you. And on that journey, you get clarity. And on that journey, you get confidence. And you develop conviction and certainty of who you are. And you start to see the world differently. And the world responds differently to you because of that. And through that journey, you will start to find something that you truly love, that you're gravitated towards, that you want to do. And you'll know, this is my purpose. This is what I'm here to do. And your purpose is more about who you're here to be more so than what you're here to do. It's who you're here to be and how that person impacts the world and the people in your life. I think this will probably be my last question, but you mentioned a lot of people in prison that they couldn't see beyond the prison walls just in, in terms of their life. Do you see a lot of people on the outside who are not in prison that have that same mindset? What do they need to do to yeah, a lot. Well, let me, so if you get up and you sleep into the last minute that you need to get up for your day and you jump up, and you start racing to go off to work, and you check your phone, and you look at Instagram, and you kind of waste some time, and then you race out the door, and then you drive really fast to get to work to a job that you might not love, and then you do that all day, and then you come home, and then you drink beer, or you watch TV, or you look on your phone more, you're going to keep doing that for the rest of your life. What you have to do is give yourself space to really figure out what you want to do in this life, and space free of distractions every morning, to start envisioning what that would look like and feel like. So prison gave me the opportunity to establish this type of daily routine. And most people don't do it, but you need to get up at least an hour earlier before you have to do anything, before you talk to anyone, before you race out the door. And when you get up, don't look at your phone. Don't start reacting to stuff. Get up, drink some coffee, sit on the couch, put yourself in a quiet space, and start writing out what you actually want your life to be like. Write out goals, write out things you want to do, places you want to see, Write out how you want to feel. Write out how you want to do these, who you want to be around. Just start creating this life by design. There's something so powerful when you write your truth out on paper because now it's just not a figment of your imagination, but it's something that you, you can actually see and touch. It's tangible. And the more that you do this, the more it's going to be on your mind and the more you're going to think about it throughout your day. And subtly over time, you can start to change your behavior because now it's in your awareness. So when it's in your awareness, Wherever your energy, wherever your focus goes, energy flows. That means whatever you're thinking about tends to materialize in your life because somehow, some way your behavior is affected or something happens that reminds you of that thought, that idea that you can act upon. And it'll change your whole life. You have to get up early and you have to start writing out what you want. I know Tim does this and I know a lot of people that do this end up getting much further ahead because they're thinking about it. They're analyzing it. It's on their mind. It's in their awareness. And they're more likely to take actions throughout their day that align to that vision or those ideas or those goals. So you need to write every morning. You need to have a morning routine. I mean, I literally just created a journal for people to utilize that don't know how to write. It's on Amazon. It's called um, Unstoppable Self-Mastery Guide. Maybe Tim can post it in the description below. If you want to learn how to journal and get the most out of your morning so that you can change your beliefs, change your mindset, and change the outcomes you want in life, start with this journal. I guarantee it's going to start changing the way you think and feel and behave. Yeah. And I, so I bought a copy of that journal and I really like how it kind of guides you on what to write. The one that I use and I've been using for years is pretty much a blank slate. It, it took a while to figure out what to write. What are my goals? Uh, all these things when I first started doing it, but yours is like, literally it's like two or three sentences telling you exactly what to write. It, it, it gives you really good prompts. So that's, super good for someone who needs to start building that habit because you make it really easy and um yeah well sean that's awesome i uh, appreciate the time appreciate all the wisdom and value you dropped on here
any last things you want to leave with people, let them know where they can get in touch with you, where they can follow you, and we'll wrap it up here. Yeah, uh, on Facebook, Shawn Michael Crane. Um, on Instagram, Sean M. Crane. So it's S-E-A-N dot N dot C-R-A-N-E. Reach out to me, shoot me a DM if you have any questions. You know, my message to people, Tim, is always the same. Like, I'm talking to my 20-year-old self here who didn't know how capable he was. Like, you guys are made for more. Whatever it is that you want in life, whatever that feeling, that idea, that thought that's been planted in your heart, it's there for a reason. It's not a coincidence. You're not here by chance. You're a one in 400 trillion odds chance of being here. Just so you know, that means you're special. You're unique. Like, you're chosen. You're the chosen one, right? Like, you are. Like, you're here for a reason. So your thoughts, your ideas, your passions, your life's journey is not by chance. There's a plan for you. And you have to embrace that feeling and understand that if you follow that feeling in your heart of who you want to be and you're willing to work hard, take the actions, let go of all those negative ways and really try. Like I mean, go above and beyond every day. If I can get here, you can. Like, don't look at your life and your circumstances and say, oh, I can't do it. Oh, yeah, Sean had luck. Oh, yeah, Sean went to prison. He has a story. No, you have a story. You have purpose. You have a path. Like, you have to start understanding that, but you have to be willing to get up each and every day and go after it with everything that you got. Dedicate yourself to that process. Fall in love with that process. Like, that's everything. And if you can do that over time and stack daily wins and build that momentum, you're going to get to a place in your life where you look back and you go, holy crap, look what I've done. Look who I've become. Look at these things that are happening in my life. How did this happen? It's going to appear like it happened overnight to a lot of people, but it's the work that you put in in the dark that's going to allow you to shine in the light. I put in the work in the dark when there was no phones, no social media. No one saw what I was doing for 2008 days. And I emerged in the light ready to seize these opportunities. It wasn't a coincidence. I was prepared. So you guys start preparing now. Get the information you need. Develop the skills that you need. Make sure that you have the right mindset, the right habits. Get in the right rooms with people that you can build relationships with. Hire the mentors. Get around people who are going to push you, who believe in you, and never look back. And I promise when you do that, you're going to create a life that you love and cherish, not one that you regret one day. That's great. Thank you, Sean. Great way to wrap it up. If you're listening, uh, follow Sean on social media. It's pretty easy to find. Grab a copy of his book, Prison of Your Own. Join the Facebook group. Get the, get the journal. If you've never journaled before, never written your goals down, I talk about it all the time. Super important to your growth. Grab a copy of his journal. Easy to find on Amazon. And uh, if you're still listening, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you on the next one.